Are you looking for real, raw, and unfiltered news about what's happening in the greater Philadelphia area? Are you sick of all the vanilla takes about the local issues affecting our community right now? You're in the right place. Tune in to the Philly Face-to-Face Podcast. We are back on the Philly Face-to-Face Podcast. we got my good friend here, Pat Kane. He is a leader at Devon Prep. He's been here nine years, so Devon Preparatory School in Devon, Pennsylvania. He started as a director of admissions, and now he's the director of external operations and has been a member of the administration since 2016. His current job right now, he oversees admissions, alumni relations, development, and marketing departments. So a lot of direct reports, very exciting. He went to Springfield High School in Delaware County, not the Montgomery County one, from 91 to 95, and then went to Villanova for a baseball scholarship we won't hold it against him that he went to Villanova since I'm a Syracuse alum, but that's okay. It's a local show here. Still Big East. Yes, the second Big East. And uh, right now he lives in Springfield with his wife, Michelle, his daughter, Madeline, and his son, Ryan, who is in eighth grade here at Devon. So first off, Pat, thanks for being on the show. Tom, thanks for having me. We're pumped to have you here. There's a lot to unpack, especially because of the climate that we're in. Devon Prep is fully open right now. That's a big thing we're going to talk about here. And before we get into that, because that's like the most hot, relevant topics... I've seen this school change dramatically since I graduated 20 years ago. Um, and I want to kind of get your take on like the mission, what you've done here, how the school's evolved, because I think that's a really important thing to talk about because when you're at a place that's this old and businesses are no different, people continue to do the things that they always did just because that's how it was done. And I know you're not one of those people, which I love. So the mission here, and I'd love to get your take on this, is educating the total young man intellectually, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. So tell me about that, because that's a lot different than the mission of other schools. Yeah, we feel it's most important to take a total look at each kid that's here, but understand that they're all different. And I think from time to time, especially in the past at the school, it had a lot of success, but it was kind of in a way producing a similar type kid or trying to produce a similar type kid. And we realized These guys are very different. They learn differently. They come from different backgrounds. They have different interests. And it was our responsibility to take a look at the school and say, okay, how are we gonna maximize those differences for them, bring in new curriculum, add more sports, and really say, you're gonna be challenged in the classroom the same way you're gonna be challenged outside of the classroom. And give them every possibility to take their strengths, their weaknesses, and, and be coached, be taught to expand them, and then really to become the best version of themselves. So I, I love what you said there, to be the very best version of yourself. And t- to me, I, I think that there's a lot of life experience there because going to school isn't just about an education in my view. And if you look at like some of the most successful people today, a lot of them said, hey, school's a component, but it's not necessarily what you learn in school, but it's the experience you get while going through Correct. and having to achieve something. So is that something you've like pivoted on a little bit here? Because look, I went here 20 years ago. I graduated 20 years ago. That's how old I am. You guys can do the math. Um, it, 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 it's a lot different. I mean, I see the school as much different than where it was two decades ago when I graduated. And yeah. I feel like you were a big driver behind that, just seeing it from the outside as an alumni, not from the inside working and on the day-to-day, like you've been grinding it out. Sure. Yeah, I think it, it started... Um towards the end of my admission, when I was the director of admission, where we had to really expand where our demographic was coming from. Uh, We were primarily 
getting kids along the main line. And we realized that, you know, it's kind of rule of numbers. Mm-hmm. The only way you're going to be able to diversify the community and create something here that represents the outside world, you have to, you have to get out to a wider spread of the population. And we really expanded into further parts of Delaware County, get, getting down to the southeast part of Delaware County, getting further into, into Philadelphia. Uh, we stretched out towards Coatesville. And then we even went up uh, north as far as, as marketing towards North Wales. Nice. And um, your, your, you know, Plymouth meeting and a little bit further up areas that way. And that exposure really helped us start to get a different sort of applicant base. It didn't necessarily change uh, from the mission. The mission was tight. So the type mm-hmm. of families that were looking were, were rooted and looking for that, but it did expand um, the type of kid that, that was interested in the school. And obviously it gave us a wider base from a financial standpoint of what we were looking for. Um, I think, you know, we give out a lot of financial aid and that's a great thing to help a lot of families, but we also had to be, to be smart about families being able to pay the amount of money that we needed yeah, on a regular basis to cover the budget. So I, I remember vividly when I was here, one of the teachers, and, and there's been some great teachers that have come through here. Some of them are still here, yep. which is Amazing. insane to me uh, in, 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 in the best way possible. But uh, one of them was, um, it was an English teacher, uh, Martin Bowen, Marty Bowen. Yep. And I remember vividly he told me that really where this, this and I don't know if this is the, the case now, but you get a lot of gifted kids. They're going to do well no matter where they are. Sure. And, and um, what he had said to me specifically was the average student here can really excel. Correct. and what you talked about like sports and art and different things that really wasn't a big part of the curriculum when I was here. Yep. So have, do you feel like that's attracted more kids that maybe have a chance to excel and do better than they weren't normally would have in other places? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the, one of the pieces of our strategic plan that we released when we took over as the administration was specific to like technology and technology courses. And again, expanding the curriculum, not just that was technology was the lead, but also looking into business uh, psychology, um, areas that our kids were interested in. And we, what we did was we surveyed our students to get a better idea of the type of courses they would like to take here. In doing that, we, had a, we got a great idea of where we needed to go. And then it was, how do, how do we get creative in bringing in the teachers to teach those courses? And um, yeah, we got lucky. We got lucky we were able to, to go out, find teachers at a full-time basis and a part-time basis and, and get them to come up with not just your basic business course, but you know a business course that is um, running, say, statistics and implementing um, sports teams and analyzing how much money they're spending on some of their players to maximize the way that their team is competitive. So those courses, those teachers pulled in not just the academics, but also obviously the interest of the kids outside of the building. And um, it allowed them to really expand what they were doing here. The sports piece, the sports component as a whole was also a big deal in what we had to do here. We, um, we've always been an athletic school. I think that people didn't we weren't the big name out there, but sure, we've sure, always yeah. had a lot of sports programs. We always had a lot of kids involved in sports. 
but then it was taking it to the next level. It was, if we're gonna challenge you in the classroom, we're gonna challenge you outside of the classroom. And the expectation was you're, you're, you're training them to be better students and better people in the building. Now we're gonna train you to be better athletes and competitors outside of the building. And that really helped in, um, you know, you, you look at your, your Ivy League schools, all of them have sports programs. 100%, yeah. So why not emulate and look to do the same sort of thing here that they're doing there? And we definitely, um, not only the kids that were here kind of stepped up their competition level and what they expected of themselves in sports, but again, it helped with, I think, the image outside and families looking at what we were doing and seeing there's a lot more to offer than we really thought. Well, I, I, I love the sports component, not because, I mean, I'm a sports fan. I like all that stuff. Yeah. I, I, and when, when I went here, I mean, we had like a, like cross country was actually one of the better, more competitive sure. sports. And um, the coaches that we had, we had uh, Bob Hamer, who now is the head coach at Ryder University, yep. right? And uh, Paul Sanborn, who was a state champion at Villanova. Yep. For, and, and so these are people that are, and Bob had, uh, he, was the, he was the state champion for the entire state of Pennsylvania yeah, when he went to Council, when he went to Council Rock. Um, so to me, I learned as much from running track and cross country as I did from going to math and, and physics right. and all these other classes. So I, I think that that's a big pivot that maybe didn't happen when I was here. And, and I think that takes a lot of, it's hard to make those changes in any organization, sure. whether it's a school or a business or something else. So like, what were those conversations like behind the scenes? Because I think there's probably a lot of people watching this right now that are struggling <laughs> to move their organization forward, whatever yeah. it is. And this is so relevant in so many ways. Yeah, and the conversations from an athletic standpoint, they were similar to what the conversations we had to have from a staff and faculty standpoint. They were hard conversations. You know, there were, there were people here that had been here for a long time that, that did a lot of great things in educating the kids. But where we wanted to go and how we wanted to expand the curriculum, offer an advising, a, a fully blown advising program that wasn't an after-school activity that happened during the school day um, to, to, to bring in more courses, to um, be creative in the things that we were doing. There were a lot of people here that they couldn't do it. They didn't have the stamina to do that. And that's not a knock on them individually or in their capabilities as a teacher. It's just the direction we had to go in. We needed people that were going to get on board and do that. And, you know, we had to make some decisions with some people. And some of those people also made their own decisions. For sure, yeah. You know, yeah. so I think it was a two-way street there. We had to have some tough conversations. We also had some people that came to the realization on their own. The same was with sports. We had coaches that were kind of ingrained. Yeah. Yep. And allowed to kind of run their programs the way they had always run their program. And we had a higher expectation than that. And Mark Aquilani and I, who's director of academic affairs, we said, um, it's not okay to settle for mediocrity. That was probably the biggest. You should write that down if you're watching. <laughs> it, it was one of the biggest things that we, we said to each other when we were going through the transition, but we still say today when we hire a new teacher, when we're, when we're even looking at the applicants that are coming in, you know, if you're settling for mediocrity, you're, you're going to fail. And the expectation is, is not to be perfect every day, but it's to give the best effort that you can give every day. And um, I think we've got a crew of people now from, from coaches to, to faculty and staff that really believe in what's happening here. And they believe in it not because it's their job, they believe in it because they see 
the kids on a daily basis and the effect that it has on them um, and the great things they go do. Yeah. 100%. So. Well, you said a couple things there that, I mean, I, I think applies for anyone watching this. I mean, and there's a lot of businesses that are struggling right now. I mean, we're in the middle yep. of this pandemic. We're going to talk about what Devin's done here in a second, because I think it's amazing. Like, I'm, I'm so pumped for this part of the conversation. <laughs> but, you know, what gets you to a certain level doesn't get you to the next level. What got yep. you here won't get you there. And those aren't easy conversations. And if you really care and you really believe in the mission, sometimes you got to have those conversations, That's whether right. you want to or not. And then it, as well, um, you know, looking to you know, you're, you're, bring, you're leveling up, and you talk about the sports conversation specifically, and that, and that was always a knock on Devin when I was here. Yeah. I mean, it just it was what it was back in the late 90s. You had kids get drafted by Major League Baseball. Yep. Uh, I mean, they, they won the state championship. That was, that was out of nowhere, by the way. I mean, I just remember seeing that, and I'm like, Devin's in the state championship? Yeah. And it was, it was such a cool thing, and, you know, that's a big deal because yep. that's some people's goal. It's not just – and there's a lot of smart people that play sports. That's there's right. a lot of smart people that are artists. It doesn't have to be all by the books. And, and you're talking about business classes. I mean, you see the smartest people now in the U.S., they're going into business. They're going into business. They're not going That's to be right. a professor at a college or something else. They're going into business. So um, was that like an influence when you were making those decisions, when you were seeing the landscape of people that were achieving great success? Because I know it's what you want for the kids here. Yeah, we, um, again, you survey the kids, you understand what they're looking for, but we were also watching what was happening on the back end with where, they were going to college and the types of schools that they were committing to. And there was a natural correlation, you know, it's, I guess it's pretty cool to take Father Shea's, you know, AP physics course. And that was like a badge of honor that I think everybody had that had graduated here in the past, but not every kid wanted to do that. You, know? you can add me to that list, by the yeah, way. Right? Although I didn't have to take science in college. There was a win there. Like there was a win, exactly. but it was, it was still tough, and it was, it was more the badge of honor, like you said. I do it, agree with that. A badge of honor. You think the curriculum here, and this is crazy when you think about it. When you went through here, uh, I started in, what, 2011. Yeah. Same curriculum. That's correct, and that's, that's 11 years later. I mean, that, that's a long time. That's and, a decade. And, the, and it was the same curriculum probably 11, 10 years, oh, I'm years sure, yeah, prior I'm sure. to when you started. So there's only... There's only so much of a lifespan for things like that before people start to see that, well, it's kind of the same. There's not enough business education out there right now, too. I think that that's a big thing people are looking for yep. and like the arts and, and sports, just because I think people realize sports correlates to a lot of different things in life now. It's the experience. Yeah. Not just so I, I love what you guys did there. So the sports piece, too. And I think we've obviously experienced this here in, in, a, in, a, in a very positive way. It does break down barriers. Builds the community. It builds the community. You, you, you see the following that we got when we won it in 2014. Um, our applicant base skyrocketed after the first state championship. Same thing happened after 2019. The applicant base was going up regardless of, mm -hmm. of all of this. But the, the way the kids treat each other, the respect that they have for each other, not that they don't have it in the building, they absolutely have it in the building, but when they're going through that, together when they're responsible to each other on a daily basis, when they're, you know, if one person's late or one person skips out on a class or somebody's ineligible, the effect that that has on the rest of the players and the team, it's, you see it right away. Now it's also good because it gives another kid a chance to, to step up. For sure. But that concept is what we deal with here as, on an administrative level every day. Probably what you deal with <laughs> Every day. All the time, every day. And 
you know, you have to be able to be accountable to each other. And you also have to be able to treat each other the right way, no matter what the differences are with each other. So all of those things are playing a factor into the community that we're, that we're building here. More and it, it, it gets the kids ready for what's happening next. Because you think yeah. about when you graduate from like high school, like things change dramatically. I mean, you're, totally. you're going to college. Some people aren't going to college now, they're going right into work, or yeah. you're working after that, and you got to deal with like a corporate environment. There's not, I mean, it, it's, it's a much different thing. And I th accountability is something that yep. if you can get that skill down and you're also doing the right thing all the time, or because it's always the right thing to do, sure. you're going to be fine. Like, I mean, you, you can do whatever you want in life. So I, I love that that's what you guys are talking about here. And, and the sports thing, I think it also brought a lot of alumni back to the school too. I think it that did. was a big deal as well. And that says a lot about your organization or your company or, yeah. or, or your school when the alumni base is involved. That's the biggest thing colleges talk about is alumni involvement. You can't be, we, we couldn't be afraid of <clears throat> the sports component becoming good or becoming noticed. Because if we were afraid of that, we weren't going to continue to evolve the school forward. There were alumni that I can't believe, you know, Devin is focusing on sports. And that's okay. That, that, that was their experience and they felt that way and there's nothing wrong with that. But for where we are now, you think about, so 300, 301 kids in the school as we sit here today and over 88% participate in sports. Yeah, and, and they're not going to play in college. They're they're not, I mean, they're, but right. it, it gives them some other experience of, and, and this happened to me. I mean, I, I was one of those kids that really benefited from that because I wasn't really like, that good at anything when I was in grade school. And then you know, I, I found something that I was able to work at. Yeah. It took some time. There was no quick magic bullet. Cause that's the thing I, I think a lot of kids expect. They want to be that's good right, right away, but it, it took time. And that, that was a lesson I've learned that like has never failed me. And I'll, I'll never forget. And I really owe it to those two guys that I talked about because yep. they got me there and they were able to, you know, guide you through the process. And that's, you know, that's what the best teachers and the best mentors do is they that's guide right. you. They're not the hero. They're the guide in the, in, in the process. So um, and what's like, what's the, what's the worst thing that happens if the sports team gets good? <laughs> really nothing. What's the best thing that would happen? The, We're looking at it right now. Exactly right. And you, and you, <clears throat> the only, the only tough thing is I think what, what it realizes is kids have to be more competitive, you know, and some kids that aren't that competitive, well, maybe they don't make the team, but they find another opportunity. They find another sport to get into, you know, at this point we have everything except football and wrestling. So crew, we've added, we've added a squash club team. There's bowling. We have ice hockey. Wow. So I didn't even know about this stuff before the interview. This is pretty exciting. There, there's, so an alum asked me the other day, do you feel like you've expanded it too much? Is, is it, are you watering down? And that's, we're not. You know, the golf team just beat LaSalle uh, a couple of days ago. Good for them. And, and we've obviously never beaten LaSalle in golf and LaSalle's probably won the Catholic league for the last six straight years. So you look at the way that they're progressing and they've got a lot of a talent, but they have a lot of kids that are committed to want to play soccer, you know, normal up and down on a yearly basis, but out there competing against some of the better teams in the area, um, cross country, really strong. When, when you were here, it's again, going up and down a little bit, but kids are in a position to compete to compete for the district on a yearly basis. And if they do, well, go to compete in states. I mean, even for me playing college ball, I never I never won a state championship. I, I played in one state playoff game in football and one in baseball, and that was it. We have kids here now that have, you know, played in eight 
state games in in four years. That's it's pretty it's incredible. Amazing, yeah. What that what that brings and it does it pulls some confidence out of them and and um, obviously then it becomes well how much do I want this? If I'm taking care of my academics and I'm doing well here and I want that, you take the combination, and now you have an opportunity maybe to go to a good school well, and play at a good. And or maybe school. get into a school you normally couldn't have gotten into you got it. because you're bringing something to the table, and that, that, that helps shape them even more. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think that's where, that's what I love about it, is the evolution here. Because I yeah. think any good company, good organization, good school, you got to evolve with what's going on. And this is part of being a school right now. Sure. I mean, it's the community, and people come, don't just come here for the academics. You can get, look, we got, we're, we're very lucky, the area we live in, totally. the public schools, the Catholic schools, the private schools. I mean, you know, there's, you know, there's all kinds of schools around here. It's hard to go wrong, yeah. I, I would say. Um, but the, you got to build the right culture, and that's going to attract the kind of people you want to be here that builds the community. That's right. And you, and you look at us, right, and you would say, we're in an area with all of that. Why? 100%, yeah. Right? Why Devon? Why would you pick Devon? For, you look at the size, okay? Our average class size this year is 11 and a half kids. All right, and that's we're half a student off of last where we were. We were twelve last year. So with social distancing, you cut them in half, is it right? <laughs> with social distancing in in all the classrooms, with the desks and everything, we we stayed pretty consistent with what we normally do. So you take the size and you take the opportunity, and it's really hard to look at any other school in the area and say any other school has that has that exact makeup. Uh, most of them are double in our size. For sure, yeah. I mean, my kids' schools are, are 22, and my kids are in elementary school, but it's 22 is the average class size. Right. Which, which is still great. It's still great, but... Different. Totally different. And you think about, okay, what relationship is my kid building with his teacher in every classroom? What relationship is he building with his peers on a daily basis? He's noticed. There's no, I, I, look, I got away with it a lot at Springfield. I would put my head down in the back corner of the room yep. and just kind of go unnoticed and get through the day. And I knew, I was the type of student that knew exactly what I had to do to get the grade I wanted. 100%. As opposed to the one that wanted to, you know, kind of not, no pressure, but but put put that on me to get the most out of myself. And it's impossible here to be that type of kid. If you're that type of kid, the teacher is going to know your advisor is going to know, our, our guidance team is going to know, and there's going to be a meeting. There's going to be some sort of contact. Are you okay? Is something bothering Great you? Great question to ask, by the way, when you start off. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the first thing. Are you okay? Not, hey, you're screwing up. Or that's right. I love that. Are you, are you okay? Is something going on? Are you, are you getting enough sleep? Are you dealing with something at home? Did you break up with your girlfriend? It, you have to try and find out first what's happening. Then you get into the discussion with mom and dad. You know, it doesn't have to be a four alarm fire right from the beginning. The, you got, there's a reason why the kids are here and, the, and you have the type of kid you have here. You have open discussions with them. You build trust with them. Once you build that trust, then you have a really good dynamic that, again, changes the entire culture and the things that are going on here. So, you know, when, when you start looking around and seeing what's out there, yeah, there's a lot out there, but how do they look with the type of kid that you have? 
where do you think your kid's going to have the most opportunity and be able to excel? And again, going back to the beginning, to become the best version of themselves. And that's, I think, what's happening here is families look around, they come here, and it's a family-type atmosphere. They can tell that people care about what's happening. And I think that's been, you know, probably the biggest change, you know, in, 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 in the entire thing is you walk in, it feels like a family. It's not fake. It's real. And the kid, the families, the parents know people are watching my kid. Well, and that's because you guys aren't manipulating this. I mean, you, you're, you really care yeah. about it. And that's what being kind is. Like, that's what, like, you talk about the mission. You can tell when it's real right. and you can tell when it's fake. And I mean, if anyone has ever been to this place, this is kind of an interesting place in that you can sniff it out within about five seconds of pulling into the parking lot.